finishes. What is up, bros? Anybody care to lax? Welcome back to the Crease Dive. Today is Friday, February 22nd, and we have got a great show in store for you today. A great show. Not good. It is great because we've got an interview with High Points Asher Nolting coming up a little bit later in the show. We've got a ton of great lacrosse to talk about, but the thing that really separates this episode from the rest, we've got a special guest co-host coming to us from ATL Atlanta. His name is Jake, but you might know him better from Twitter at Call Me Shitto. So, Jake, welcome to the Crease Dive. Great to have you here. Thanks, man. I'm really glad to be here. Ready to talk some lax. All right, we had a great weekend, and uh, you know, let's get into it. Oh yeah, I mean, it was a uh, again like this is the this is what college lacrosse is like week in and week out. It's been like this for as as far as I can remember. Like there's Every single week, there's something new. Um, but the one thing that hasn't really changed yet so far this season is the fact that Loyola and Penn State are just buzzing through their opponents so far this season. Uh, so last weekend, Loyola, Pat Spencer, they uh, they were down at Homewood Field. They were just silencing the band there. They come away with an 18-12 to 12 win. Um, and Jake, I, I know you're a big Pat Spencer guy. Uh, so, so number seven in green was just, you know, you think of Dave Petromala is one of the best college lacrosse coaches of all time. Uh, and he had no answer for Pat Spencer. And if he doesn't have an answer for Pat Spencer, I don't know how anyone can. Well, Pat is one of those guys. And he reminds me a lot of, uh, a lot of Scott Ratliff and now, now, now hang on to me there. Um, I played with Scott, he's a Georgia native. Um, and whenever Scott stepped on the field. He just operated, and he still does. Whenever he steps on the field, he operates on a different level. His head is just leaps and bounds above everybody else. He's got the best stick. He's got just, he makes everybody better. And Pat is that guy. Pat has, has stepped into that role, and everybody else plays great. Chase Scanlon, he had, what, six, seven points as well? I mean... Yeah, I mean when you're when you're playing out there with with Spence, like you're you're gonna rack up points regardless. Like all you have to do really is just like throw him the ball and it's gonna be a goal. Or all you have to do is just kind of have that stick up by your head. He's gonna find you on the crease. I mean, dude, he had those two BTB assists to Kevin Lindley in this game, and like that was the point of the game where it was just like, dude, like Pat Spencer's playing against Hopkins at Homewood Field, and he's just like fucking around out there. Like he, it was just like a. Like, that was just, like, a pickup game for him. I mean, those two BTP assists, like, that's the point where it's like, all right, like, this kid's not only feeling himself, but he wants you to feel how hard he's feeling himself. And it's almost, like, disrespectful to do it at an away game at a, at a, at a you know, at Homewood Field of all of all fields in front of Petromala. Like, you know, you know Petromala was over on the sideline. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do about this kid? Like, I, I've, thrown, I've thrown the kitchen sink at him, and here he is, you know, braving you know braving this tongue lashing from his coach because you know if you throw a btb in the game i mean it, it better go in or the somebody better catch it right or you're just going to get chewed out you're going to get chewed out the whole time but he throws two of them like it's nothing so yeah oh man he just I'm, must must be nice i mean right like they, they were just both on the money but yeah so like loyola i mean they they had that huge win over virginia to start the season and you know you're, you're looking at them playing you're like all right like 
you know, Loyola came out on fire to start the 2019 year. This is Pat Spencer's senior year, so this is like their last go at it with, you know, one of the best players to come through the game in, you know, recent history. Um, so obviously they were going to come out hot, but you were like, all right, like how, you know, how long is that going to last? It's not like, you know, it's not like they're like loaded all over the field. I mean, they got a great goalie in Jacob Stover. We're going to have to have that guy on pretty soon. I heard he's a uh, he's a character, um, you know, and then all goalies are, dude. Have you ever met a goalie who wasn't just a freaking whack job? Yeah, I mean that's the thing though. I kind of, I I love I love goalies, and, but I also hate goal. Like they're tough to talk to because I just like leave those conversations being like, what <laughs> the fuck is like? There's no way that that person's a human. And I feel like Jacob Stover might be one of those guys, especially because he's out there making double digit saves all the time. So, um, but yeah, so that I mean, like Loyola is. I mean, they're they're my pick for the national championship team, but like, like it's not like they're like incredibly deep you know like a, i think virginia is really deep you know I, I think a lot of these teams out there are very deep i think loyola has like a great um you know they they've got the best player in the country they got one of the best goalies in the country um they have some really good surrounding pieces but it's not like they're like a team where it's like holy shit like you know how are we supposed to stop these guys they're coming out of some waves it's just like they've got their guys and they're going to pummel you for it. And, uh, yeah, Petro, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that's a tough, that's a tough way to start the season having to start off against a, uh, you know, a Towson team who was out buzzing around out there and then going up against Pat Spencer and Loyola. Um, and speaking of teams that are buzzing around, I mean, Penn state, this is a team right here who, uh, you know, I, I kind of gave them a little bit of shit in the, uh, you know, in the first episode of this new college across season, you know, I, I was kind of saying, you know, Jeff Tambroni, he took over this program and he was kind of like pegged to be that guy. It was like, you know, you got your tier knees, you got, your, you know, um, you know, all these great college lacrosse coaches and like Jeff Tambroni was like supposed to be that guy. And he took over this Penn state program. They haven't had a, a tournament win yet since he's been there. Uh, but this year, they're just unleashing all hell on teams. So, I mean, they had the, the huge win um, over Robert Morris where they stuck 27 in the back of the net. Have Oof. fun turning a rake in that much goalie. Uh, and then they, they played against Stony Brook. We, we don't have to talk about this too much because it wasn't like a marquee matchup. But there was a point where it was like 15 to nothing. I think the game ended like 17 to 4. So, I guess, you know, Penn State yeah, you, started you working. Put in your, yeah, you put in your, your freshman and whatnot. But to get up, like, it was at least, like, 14, 15, nothing. Like, this is a team where, you know, they're not they're not content just, like, winning games. Like, they want to make sure that you leave playing Penn State thinking to yourselves, like, oh, shit, like, is lacrosse, like, really our thing? Like, should we keep doing this or should we just, like, hang it up? So, um, you know, are, are you a uh, – I, we'll also, we'll also get into this a little bit, but are are you like an offensive guy or like did you play like can you appreciate defense? Were you a defensive player? So I, I played I played defense growing up, and then uh, you know I had one of my famous ACL injuries. Um, you know my first one because I've had three. It's I'm I got knees like Derrick Rose. You got um, beat by one. I know. So uh, I played defense. Then I had a lot of time to stand around and shoot. Uh, so I played attack for a little bit in college. So I, you know, I have an appreciation of both sides of the ball. Um, you know, I have an appreciation for a, for a, a team that can hang. You know, twenty seven on a, on any other team. That's just insane. And I also have a team. You know, an appreciation for seeing a, a, a great rusty gate in the open field. So. You know, and, and coming up, Penn State, had, you know, yeah, they've yet to score under 15 goals, but, you know, we'll see what they can do against Yale. I mean, Yale's defense is so solid. Um, 
and you've got a great face-off matchup too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is going to be uh, probably I would I would say the biggest game of the weekend coming up here, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the episode. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be a good test for them. But you know, speaking of Yale, down goes the national champions. The I mean, this has kind of also been another. Um, you know, kind of like another theme in college across over the past couple of years where it's like you kind of don't want to be ranked number one in the nation because you're not going to stay there for long. So Yale, they go down to Villanova for the second straight year in a row in overtime. Now, real quick, I, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this game a little bit because I've got I've got a little bit of a take here that I'm going to tease um, because I, I think that Yale, you know, they're national champions. They, they know what it takes to be great. And I, I think that there's something a little fucky here. No, no, I'm not taking anything away from Villanova. It was a great win. But, uh, you know, what were your thoughts on Yale going down to Nova and, and Nova knocking down Yale again for the second year in a row in OT? You know, it's one of those things where you're like, ah, you know, we okay, we've got our we've got our number one. We got to be number one going in because we just you know, just came off the natty. We just got our chip. And, you know, your first game is like, you know, your, your first, you know, that game against Villanova, you know, Villanova walks on the field. They're like, well, we got nothing to lose. You know, y'all remember what happened last year in your first game? So, you know, Villanova's out there playing, you know, I, I watched part of the game, you know, but uh, Villanova's out there playing pretty carefree. You know, they're making every pass. They're, they're loosey-goosey and things like that. And Yale look kind of tight. And you know what happens when it gets kind of tight? It was cold out, too. I know it was a cold game because I saw snow, you know, pushed up on the side. So I know it was a cold game. And when you get tight out there, you know, stuff falls off. And, you know, it happens. Uh, now, to, for it to happen in OT two years in a row, was it, was it OT last year as well? Yeah. So OT last year, that was down in uh, Frisco, Texas. They were playing at the, I believe they call it the Starts, the Dallas Cowboys practice facility. Fuck the Cowboys. Um, but Fair. Uh, uh, real quick, though, before I get it, first off, I think that you just dropped the first y'all in the crease dive history. <laughs> so um, so that's that's a pretty monumental. Glad to be the first for, for the podcast. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, again, two years in a row, overtime loss to Villanova to start off the season. Now, I know what some people might be thinking. It's like, all right, well, like, you know, the Ivy League gets a starter or, whoa, a later start on the season. I mean, uh, Ivy League, they can't start practicing until February 1st. And, you know, I think uh, Utah and Vermont, they had their first game February 1st. So, I mean, the Ivy League and, and Yale, they get a little bit of a later start. So, you know, maybe that gave Nova an advantage. But what I'm thinking here is Yale. They're a bunch of smart motherfuckers, all right? They're in the Ivy League. They, you don't get into Yale by accident. You know, no one's ever, I don't, I don't know, maybe if you saw like Legally Blonde or some shit, you know, you can kind of work your way into Harvard. But yeah. I think that, uh, you know, I might ruffle some feathers here, but I, you know, trust the Yale admissions a little bit more than Harvard, especially after that movie. Uh, spoiler alert, it sucks. Great. Uh, <laughs> but, but here's the thing. They're smart as could be. So last year, they lose to start off the season in overtime to Villanova. Flash forward, Memorial Day Monday, what do they do? They win a national championship over Duke, their first national championship in program history. So history repeats itself. That's the thing the history teachers say. What better way to make sure that you can go back-to-back as national champions to then lose to Villanova again in overtime to start off the season, right? If you want to replicate everything that happened last season, yeah, 
you have to start with losing to Villanova in overtime. So I, I think fuckery is afoot here. I mean, lacrosse players are creatures of habit. Okay, and what better way to go into another national championship season than you know losing to overtime and losing an overtime Villanova? I'm I'm totally on board. I, I I think it's it's not only plausible. I think it's probably correct. Yeah. So I mean, listen, we're on to you, Yale. All right. Like we we understand what you're doing. We respect it. It's it's a. Yeah, there's it's nothing a, wrong with it. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna like chew you out about it, but you know. If someone had a little bit of like coin riding on Yale, that's actually on you because you probably should have seen this coming. Um, now, Nova upsetting Yale. Let's talk about a team who is just upsetting top 20 teams up and down the board right now. And, uh, you know, so we, we've got a guy coming on from this team in, you know, just a few moments here. But Asher Nolting and the High Point Panthers have been absolutely murdering the ACC so far this year. So they start off 4-0. They pick up a win. Uh, you know, it was the first, like, week and a half of the season. A, a big-time win over Duke, 13-9. Duke was second in the country at that point. Uh, and then on Saturday, they they take a trip over to Philly. They play against Drexel. They come away with a nice little one-goal win in that game. And then, so that's Saturday. Quick turnaround. They have a Monday night game against Virginia, the Cavs. And they go to Virginia, they go to Charlottesville and they come away with a 14, 13 win against the cat. So that's, you know, two ACC wins for the high point Panthers, a team who, you know, they weren't even ranked in the top 20 coming into this season. Um, so, I mean, high point, just big dick swinging right now. And it comes down to, you know, I mean, high points had a program for, Oh man, correct me if I'm wrong. It's got five, six years, six or yeah. seven, maybe, maybe eight. And, uh, you know, Torpy has done such a great job, and it comes down to two things. It comes down to obviously work ethic, and then it comes down to recruiting. You know, he's Paul. You know, when 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 I was in high school, there was there was nobody recruiting in Atlanta. There was nobody recruiting in Texas. There was nobody recruiting in California. You know, if you look at High Point's roster, you've got kids from Cali. All right, you've got Cali Bros out there. You've got guys from Colorado, which has become huge. Um, and well, thanks to you know Tierney and everything, but you know, but you've also got guys from Texas and 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 even you know down here below the Mason Dixon in the in the good old South. So you know, I I'm I'm all for it. You know, I, ha- I actually had a buddy tell me after their you know, that that High Point Duke win, um, that High Point was the real deal. I was like, I, you know what? I was like, you know, what? I, I'll let you have this, okay? And then I and then you watch them for the next three, you know, two three games, and you're like, okay. All right, and and his name is uh, Connor Squires. So if he's a friend of the pod, and if he listens, he gets he gets credit for that for me. So, well, yeah, but like that, I mean, that's a great point because you know we get a a little bit into this, uh, you know, with the with the Asher Nolting interview coming up soon here. So I don't want to give too much away here, but like you know, you you start recruiting those kids, you know, from Cali, from Texas, you know, from the Atlanta area. Um, you know, a kid like Asher Nolting, who grew up right down the street from Denver and, you know, didn't really have, you know, Denver didn't really have a, too much interest in him. Um, but, you know, you start recruiting those kids and, you know, they, they come in and they're hungry to beat the shit out of all these, you know, these kids from Baltimore, these kids from Long Island, upstate New York, you know, even like the Philly guys, um, you know, who, you know, have been, you know, those are like been the hotbeds for, you know, forever at this point. So that's, you know, where all the college lacrosse coaches are going to pick up their guys. Um, but, you know, you've got great lacrosse players popping up all across the country now. 
And if they're going to high point, you know, and they're playing against an ACC school, you know, a team who's, you know, probably just, just picking up, you know, a lot of their guys from, from those traditional areas. They're like, like, yo, like I'm, I'm ready to, you know, not only win a game here. Cause like, that's like my job as a college cross player to win games. But like, I want to make sure, you know, that these coaches who have overlooked me, you know, in a non-traditional area, like, I hope that they know that like, yo, like buddy, you fucked up, like maybe hire some better recruiters because, you know, we're out here, you know, they're two and zero in the ACC right now. I don't know how many other teams can, can say that. I mean, that's, that's huge. That's going to hurt. You know, that's going to hurt, you know, that's going to hurt Duke and it's going to hurt Virginia. You know, the Cavs were, walk- the Cavs had to be walking away from that game. Just like, what, what you know, what was that? You know, they, they. I'm sure they. I'm sure they walked in. Now, you know that the, the Duke win definitely gave them some respect, and I'm sure the Cavs walked in like, you know, okay, we got to take this seriously. But I, I, I don't. You know, there's no way that they walked out there expect. You know, you, there's no way they walked out there expecting that. You know, after Asher's, you know, and I won't. You know, I hate to spoil it, but his his behind the back goal. You know, everybody's head just went immediately down. They were like, come on. So you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. <laughs> just spoiler alert. Sorry, but uh, it's. You know, a high point is high points the real deal, and I and I think they should win the ACC. I think that'd be sick. Yeah, I I I think that they should. Uh, you know, the commissioner of the ACC should try to you know work out some logistics there because I mean they're they end the season undefeated in the ACC, um, and you know looking at the rest of their schedule, like I mean I, they've got a pretty favorable schedule to you know whether or not they win the SOCON. Um, you know, and I think that they, they probably have a pretty good chance to do that. But, you know, I think with those two ACC wins, they're at least an at-large bid. Or oh, at, easily. Bid. For sure. So, I mean, I mean, if they're a tournament team and you have them in the first round, good fucking luck. Um, now, before we toss this to the interview with Asher Nolting, we have one more story that has been taking the lacrosse world by storm uh, this week. And it we go to Wheaton College where Alex Chu – a freshman goaltender, uh, and he has been uh, well. He, he hasn't been able to play yet this uh, this season because well, he's got a large noggin and it does not fit in his bucket. And the NCAA has said, "Tough shit, buddy. You can't wear a uh, you know the helmet that you've been wearing through high school because you know we don't uh, you know it, it, it's not." I don't know what the fucking word would be, but it's not like permitted by us. And uh, so, I mean, this this poor kid, he's a goalie. And I'm sure that everyone listening to the podcast right now has seen the story. So if you've seen it, I mean, you've seen Alex Chu. Like, let's let's be real here with each other. Let's be open and honest. I don't think that he would have any problem with us saying this. Alex Chu, a little bit on, I mean, he's, he's a husky boy, you know? I mean, I'm six feet tall. He's six feet tall. He's 265. I'm like 210. So like he he's he's a big guy, you he's know. A, he's he's a big guy, and you know, big guys have some some larger heads. So he, uh, you know, the the team issued, uh, I believe they are a warrior school. So he's he's rocking an Evo there. Um, and this fucking thing looks like a, uh, I mean, it, it's 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 almost like he's like throwing on a yarmulke or something. Um, so it's it, like he can't even get it over his head, like let alone just being a little bit too tight. Um, so the NCA was, you know, like you know, here's the thing. Have you ever seen? Have you ever played with a player who's needed to have the? Uh, I believe they like refer to it as a limousine helmet. So they take you know the the front half of one helmet and just like fuse it together with the back of another to make like a just a, a mega helmet. Have you ever? Yeah, played with I've like I've that? seen it. Um, I, I've seen it, and it was more for the kid because he had like 
he had like eight concussions um, before he got to high school or something. So if you're, he's probably out there eating through a straw by now. But um, I have seen it, and and this is by I, I need to go back to 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 exactly how big his head is because I did some research myself. So the article says that his head is 25 inches in diameter, right? So or sorry, not in diameter. Good God, he's not an alien. <laughs> Uh, 25 inches in circumference, right? So if you go to any standard hat size chart, that puts his hat size as, as an at an eight. I'm seven and three quarters, so I, I don't. I you know I part of me thinks and and I'll be honest, my Cascade S is the one that fits the best. The Pro Seven was a struggle to get on my face, like a struggle to get on my head. So I, I have a hard time like. So that puts my, if I'm seven and three quarters, that puts me at about 24 inches. So like I'm pretty close and I can wear a Cascade S. Uh, I, maybe the Warrior Evo is a little bit small. I, I don't know. I think there's, I think there's, I think this might be a marketing ploy for the, war, the Warrior Warrior Evo if, if we're being honest. Oh yeah. I mean, they're definitely getting their logo blasted out there a little bit here. So it's, it's definitely, um, well, here's the thing. I mean, they, so a couple things. So first off, um, I do believe, so the Evo you know, I, I have an Evo myself. It's, I mean, it's a super comfortable helmet warrior shout out, uh, of course. You know, great, great product there, but you know, but it, it, it fits. So I would say that it's like, it's definitely a little bit more comfortable on my head, but I have like a, uh, I don't have a small head, but I don't have like a, I would say I have like a super average head and that kind of goes like, you know, my whole entire, uh, existence is pretty average. So my, my head being average size, it goes right along with that. So I keep the brand strong there. Um, but so that the warrior Evo fits my head, like pretty comfortably, um, you know, and I can kind of like adjust the dial in the back. So kind of like tighten it up a little bit, but like, I can understand like how it would fit, like the, just the shape of the, like, I, I feel like at the top of the helmet, it definitely has a little bit more room, but it kind of like comes in a little yeah. bit. Toward, so I can understand how like getting it on at first would be difficult. Like maybe if he was able to just like rip it on, um, he'd be able to like, you know, just fit into it. But like his like face, like smashing through the, the face mask. Um, but from what I've been hearing, uh, so the warrior burn, I have not gotten a chance to, uh, put one of these on yet, but I know that Denver's using them, um, you know, and, and they're not on the market yet, but this will be the newest helmet for warrior. So you've probably seen warrior or Denver use them. Um, from what I hear that helmet is almost able to fit like anybody. Um, so the issue here is just that like they haven't made a ton of them. So, you know, sending them out to Wheaton college, like, you know, Listen, like I played D three lacrosse too. Like I understood, I understood when I was playing D three lacrosse, we weren't gonna get the nicest, newest shit. You know, it's just the way the D three rolls. Uh, so for you know for Wheaton to get a Warrior Burn, it's probably gonna take a little bit of time. Um, you know, they're they're gonna send all their supplies to to places like Denver and Princeton first, uh, as opposed to Wheaton. So, um, but I do think that the Warrior Burn is going to end up working here, but. But yeah, like the thing is though, like, but the, the helmets that are split in half. So like, I don't know, I've had this happen, uh, teammates of mine, like a few times here. So, you know, in high school we had a backup goalie who needed it. Um, and then in, co in college, you know, I have, I have a buddy who, uh, I think he definitely listens to the podcast. So he'll like this nice little shout out. Uh, but so we, you know, we had two helmets. One of them was a, a white helmet and one of them was black. Um, you know, and Cascade was like cool enough to send over. So, I mean, he has like a fucking enormous noggin, like large head, like basketball on his shoulders. Um, so, 
so they were able to get him one of the ones where it's you know two helmets put together for when we were wearing our white helmets and that would fit pretty well uh but then we had a black pro 7 and they you know by the time that we ordered it they were just like you know like we can't we can't get a new one out to you like we can't make a new one like this so every time we had to wear these black helmets this poor kid is like he was still able to get it on um but i mean he had to like just like fit himself into this pro 7 and i mean his cheeks were almost just like bursting through the face mask so i mean listen it it's like a it's a funny thing um you know i i think you got to be able to laugh at it um but you know, so I, I feel like Alex Chu's definitely laughing at it. Here's the thing, though, that I feel like he's not laughing about. So at the moment, this kid, I'm reading the uh, the article right here. So it says, so he can't like practice or anything like that, but he can. So he, here's the here's the line. Uh, the Boston Globe interviewed Wheaton College freshman Alex Chu, who said that without a helmet approved by the NCAA, he is permitted only to run sprints with the team and cannot play in games when the season begins. What? Fuck if I, that. Well, that fucking sucks because, listen, I don't think anyone loves running sprints, but especially not goalies. Goalies yeah, will do everything they can to po- – everything they possibly can to get out of running sprints. So, like, this kid probably has gone his entire lacrosse playing career by not having to run sprints because he's a goalie. He could be like, ah, coach, like, maybe just, like, give me a few shots instead. Now this poor kid, he can't practice, so it's not like he can be like, oh, well, like, give me some more shots. Like, I don't want to run sprints. So now this kid just has to, like, watch practice all day but also has to run sprints because it's the only thing that he can do. And, like, that's – I think that that's, like, the most fucked up thing about this entire thing. That – I mean, free Alex Chu. Free my man. He's a political prisoner. Uh, You know, that there's nothing – there's nothing more to be said about it. Um, Shout out all the big head guys out there. Uh, I had – I feel your boy um, with the Pro 7. Because my face was so close to the front, the, to the face mask, like if I had ever got hit or just jacked up, it would have just uh, destroyed the moneymaker. And you can't have that. So, you know, I feel, I feel all my big head guys out there, you know, if, if you're out there and, you know, you need two pillows to, you know, so you don't have some sort of neck damage at night, then, you know, I, you, you're, we're in the same boat. So in solidarity, all my big head boys. Yeah, well, you know, so, I mean, free Alex Chu is right. So here's the hoping that uh, I, I, I think, you know, from what I'm hearing, the, the warrior burn is going to take care of our boy Alex Chu here. So hopefully he can get that on his noggin pretty soon here so he can stop having to strictly run sprints because that sounds absolutely miserable. Terrible. But yeah, uh, Alex Chu. Shout out! You you got the you got the lacrosse world's attention here, and uh, you know the, if if there's one thing the lacrosse world does very well, it's take care of their own. So I, I think uh, you know I think he should be able to get out of this one in the clear. Um, but yeah, definitely a uh, tough tough situation there. Uh, pretty funny though. So, uh, but yeah, with that, uh, it's a pretty terrible uh, segue there. But with that, <laughs> we are from from a big head to a big. Oh, going to have to re- redo that one when we do edit. <laughs> from from a big head, we go to a big baller. We've got Asher Nolting and the High Point Panthers coming up next here on the Crease Dive. All right, and joining us now from the High Point Panthers, we've got Asher Nolting on the line. Asher, thanks for coming on today, and uh, hey, man, congratulations on the Fireheart start for the Panthers. Yeah, no, thanks, thanks for having me on, uh, and uh, yeah, thank you, thank you for the support. 
Yeah. So, uh, I mean, right off the bat, uh, the first question I want to start with here, I think is the most important question of them all. I think it's the one that people have been uh, really wondering th- this whole time. Like, do you know that you have like a sick name? Like, <laughs> like, uh-huh. I mean, I, sometimes I get mixed reviews if I'm being honest, but yeah, no, I've, I've always kind of liked my name. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a it's a good announcer name for sure. Yeah, though. like that's the thing. Like I feel like whenever anybody talks about you, like they always have to say your full name, like just because it's it's like a lot of fun to say. Like you know, like the last name, like Nolting, is like badass on its own. It's kind of like like bolting <laughs> with lightning. I mean, like you like you get like just your last name alone is like cool as shit. But then you go with Asher in front of it. Um, you know, that's a name where it's like. Like when people hear that name, regardless of like what profession you're in, people are like, oh, like that dude's probably pretty legit at what he does. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've always been a big fan of my name and uh, not a lot of people give me credit, uh, as much credit as you're giving for it. So, uh, no, I appreciate that. All right. Well, yeah, well, uh, you know, shout out to, uh, shout out to Mr. and Mrs. Nolting for that one. And, uh, you know, I'll, indeed, indeed. I'll tell you what though, you, you said it's a good announcer name and, uh, luckily for, for you and luckily for high point, the announcers have been saying it, uh, quite a lot here over these first four games. I mean, you boys have been absolutely buzzing right out of the gate. Nice little four and O start with two wins over some, uh, you know, top 20 ranked ACC schools. Duke was number two, actually, when you guys beat them, not a big deal there or anything like that. Um, you know, and, and you're right there buzzing away with, you know, what do you got there? looks like 21 points in those four games. And, uh, it's, it's just been ton of highlights. I mean, we have them up on our social media channels right now. Um, so I mean, just, just what's, you know, what have these first few weeks been like for you? Oh, it's just, it's been an incredible experience. Uh, we coming into the season, you never really know what your team's going to be about, but, uh, we definitely kind of had an identity of, uh, kind of shocked the world identity this year and we I definitely think we've accomplished that through the first four games yeah I mean like you you look back on uh you know on the way that things started off for you guys last year in that freshman year and I mean you guys had like a loaded schedule up front um unfortunately you weren't able to come away with with many wins there at the beginning I mean losing to Duke Georgetown Maryland Virginia St. John's Robert Morris in a row but like that's a buzzsaw of a schedule um, so, you know, you go from, from that start last year, you guys come into this season, you know, you're not ranked preseason. Um, then, you know, you start off with a nice little, nice little 13, nothing shutout against St. Bonneville. I mean, shout out to the Bonnies for making the jump to D one. Um, they just picked the, they, they yes, just picked definitely. the wrong team to start off their season with. Um, and, and then, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that huge win over Duke, uh, then you boys went to Philly, nice little trip to Philly there, came away with a nice little one goal win over Drexel. And then we're recording this interview on Tuesday. So yesterday the boys pulling off a major win against Virginia. Um, so like, like you said, I mean, you know, you, people see, you know, what you guys were about last year and you know, you were, you know, good team, like not like, you know, no offense, not like a great team or anything like that. Um, and, and, and you yeah, go no, from, man. from that. To now this so uh you know is, is that something i guess you already answered that once so that's kind of a bad question but i mean i guess that, that was just your you know the goal uh coming in here right off the bat is to just kind of sa- silence any doubters out there right i just uh yeah i just think last year uh like you said we went through a buzzsaw of a schedule starting off with the that gauntlet uh but we had, we played a lot of a lot of young guys last year including including myself and uh i think with that 
that 0-6 start definitely fueled the 4-0 start this year. So uh, it definitely definitely was a good – this is a good start to the year to kind of kind of put that 0-6 start last year behind us. Yeah, and I mean, I, I feel like, uh, you know, it's kind of like cliche a little bit, but I feel like, you know, those wins over teams like Duke and, and teams like Virginia, um, even Drexel too, who have been a, you know, they've been a solid program for years here. Um, you know, it's, it's probably got to do, you know – little little something for the uh for the mentality in the locker room especially you know you guys are wrapping up uh non-conference play kind of soonish here you know you got st john's robert morris umbc then you guys go into the socon so i mean i feel like the the confidence has to be like you guys have to be just like firing around at practice being like yo like we can keep up with you know teams that were you know in the in the final last year yeah no it definitely uh definitely that duke win Definitely gave us some confidence, and then obviously that Virginia win last night, uh, that just kind of solidified our our confidence in ourselves, and just solidifying our knowledge that that we can play with any team in the country. And I think that uh, that win last night definitely definitely pushed us over the edge that we were kind of teetering on of whether we could get to that next level or if we were just going to be a good good team. But I think that win last night kind of kind of pushed us over the edge. Yeah, I mean. I- for like that starting off with two top 20 wins in the, in the first four weeks. And now, I mean, you guys will keep climbing up the rankings a little bit here once they come out on, on Monday again. Um, so, but I, you know, I talked about, you know, the boys buzzing around at practice probably, you know, what, what's it like, you know, just being able to, you know, cause I've never been to high point, but every single person who I've talked to about high point, like all they do is just like, they just gush over it. They're like, dude, it's like a, a, a country club out here. Like the facilities are sick. Um, you know, the campus is sick. They all bring up the fact that you guys have like a rock climbing wall at high point. So, uh, so like, you know, how, how is it, you know, what you're, you're like a Denver area kid, right? Yeah. 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 I'm a yeah. So, kid. I mean, just like what, you know, what, I guess they're like probably freezing their ass off right now at Denver. So, you know, what's it like being able to go, <laughs> go from over there to now, um, you know, you, you get a nice little spot there in North Carolina to, you know, kind of play lacrosse at a country club almost. Yeah, no, it's definitely the, the climate change has been a lot, a lot different. I mean, yeah, like you said at home, it's probably, I think it was 18 degrees today in Denver and, uh, today here it's chilly and it's like 45 or something and so I'm still wearing shorts so uh yeah no just just coming to this nice of an area uh with beautiful weather and uh a beautiful school and a great education it's just uh it's been an unbelievable opportunity and uh I can I couldn't thank coach Torpy enough for giving me this opportunity because I wasn't extremely highly recruited but I definitely definitely had my choices of schools and i'm glad i chose high point uh just real quick was uh you know because i i guess you grew up like pretty much like right down the street from denver so like were were the pios ever on your radar or did they just like completely overlook a kid who uh you know is kind of putting himself up there in some pretty serious conversations this year i mean so I when I was younger I played for their youth like pro I guess it's not directly a Denver youth program but it was Denver Elite and uh I was always kind of on their radar when I was younger I'd probably say freshman or sophomore and then when I originally committed to Air Force uh they just completely they obviously they stopped talking to me but then when I decommitted they didn't have decommitted my junior year they didn't have any interest in me so I kind of that kind of put a little fire in my uh, in my stomach and 
definitely and if I ever got a chance to play DU I'd definitely definitely love the opportunity to do that so but no uh it was they they gave me they had a little interest but not not as much as I probably wanted and so uh but uh today I have a great program I have a bunch of friends on that team so nothing against them yeah and I mean uh you know things are definitely seeming to be going going well for you regardless right now so uh yeah it seems like you made a, a pretty solid choice there regardless um you know but you know, so thinking about, you know, the way that you were maybe a, a little overlooked playing, uh, you know, in high school, maybe not like as highly recruited as some of these other guys who are making waves in college lacrosse right now. Um, you know, the, the way, you know, I kind of see your game, um, you know, it, it's not necessarily like, like I, I promise you, like this might like sound like a little bad when I'm starting off this question, but I promise <laughs> you that this is going to be nothing but complimentary. Um, like it's not really like this like traditional style of growth. Like I would say like you have like a pretty, like, again, this is all complimentary. I I can take it even if it's not, I'm not, I'm not too worried. But but you have like this like reckless style. And like, we saw it yesterday in in that, you know, that one, uh, that BTB that you had against uh, Virginia, where it's like this, like reckless, like, like you make up your mind that you're going to the cage and like, regardless of how you get it done, like you're, you're just going to do it. So, you know, it might not be like, like the flashiest looking, uh, you know, most like traditional looking lacrosse moves in the world, but you just put that fucking shoulder down and go nuts. And then, you know, that, that goal yesterday, the behind the back against Virginia, I mean, you just barrel through a couple guys, make a couple nice splits. You see the slide coming to your right. So, you know, you know, you can't shoot that one overhand. So you just tuck it behind the back, stick it in a corner. So, um, you know, it, has that just kind of been, uh, the way that you you've always played where it's just like, a like I'm, I'm going and I dare you to stop me. Or is that kind of something that you've had to, you know, change along the way, you know, as you went from, you know, maybe playing against some lesser opponents in high school to now playing against, you know, division one polls. Uh, no, it's, it's definitely been a part of my game ever since, like I probably since I started playing attack, honestly, just cause you gotta have that, gotta have that all in fearlessness when you're dodging. Cause if you have any really indecision, then you're something, something wrong is going to happen. But, uh, no, I just think that I just I'd rather play with feel rather than thinking about what I'm gonna do. Like people, like my teammates asked me, like, why? What was I thinking when I threw that? And I honestly told them I didn't know what I was thinking. I just threw it and <laughs> kind of hoped it went in, and it did. So, but uh, no, I just I've always kind of played with that reckless abandon, and it's gotten me in trouble, obviously, but it's also made the made my game the way it is today. So uh, I I can't really can't really change it and I don't really want to change it. So I'm, I'm kind of, kind of hoping it keeps working for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I, I think that that's the way that like it should be played because like, especially now, you know, as the game keeps getting faster and faster, um, you know, you have to learn to be a little bit more adaptive as an offensive player, especially. So, you know, you see like a bunch of, you know, especially in like high school kids just being like real robotic with their motions. Like they know what the offense is supposed to do. And, you know, if they don't see a look that they like, they just end up like passing it off. Um, but for a guy like you, like it, it just seems like, <laughs> like you never see a look you don't like, and you just, you know, kind of barrel down. So I think that that's something that, um, you know, especially with the, with the shot clock now, you know, you, you know, you, you got to play fast. You got to just go for it sometimes. Um, so, you know, do you think that your game has, is benefiting a little bit here in, in this early going with the shot clock being involved? 
Oh, definitely. I think I think it benefits any offensive player, honestly. I think just that being able to have that like fast pace, like oh, it's okay to push it here instead of having to wait, hold back and trying to milk the clock for a minute and a half like we would last year. Uh, I definitely think it benefits offensive players just because you have that – you probably have more freedom with your coaches just to be like, yeah, no, that's, that's not a bad idea or you can do this. Like Just different looks out of that, out of the uh, fast-paced offense. But, uh, no, I, I definitely think my game's benefited from it and I think it will benefit a lot of other, other great players' game. Yeah, and then so you know a, a lot of the the reason why it seems like you're able to uh, you know you're able to get some of those shots off, especially you know when the shot clock gets a little bit lower on time and you just have to go, uh, is because you know you're you're definitely uh, you you know you're you're definitely built pretty well to to take some of that contact. And uh, so this is a question that my co-host Robbie O really really wanted me to ask you here. Um, so the boys are in, in the weight room. What is uh, Asher Nolting's squat max? I mean, the the unfortunate part is I got got I kind of got some back problems when I came in here, so they don't allow me to squat anymore. But at high school, I was squatting above high fours almost. So it was it was a it was a good good time in high school. But I'm getting a little too old to to squat consistently at those numbers anymore. So uh, I had to cut that out. So now I'm I'm not really doing too much uh, back squatting anymore. I'm more body weight in the weight weight room here, but uh. No, it definitely, definitely still, I still have the strength from that, but it's just not the same. Yeah. Uh, but you're a, you're a sophomore in college. Wait until you're, you're 26 to start talking about being a little too old to, to yeah, be back no, squat. I... <laughs> <laughs> what, what do, uh, so, so what do they have you doing in there? Are you doing some leg press, maybe some, some calf raises. I was a big calf yeah. raise guy myself. <laughs> so they, they, I, I do the thing called the pit shark. It's, it's basically, it's, it's squatting without the, uh, the bar on bar on your back so it's a little easier on your back and uh yeah no just uh a lot of body weight stuff a lot of core stuff like that uh obviously upper body just to kind of keep my arms as in good a shape as possible throughout the season but uh yeah no it's it's just they our training staff does an unbelievable job here just trying to keep us fresh during the game during the season so they they make our lifts exactly what we need so it's it's uh it's all it's always always pretty solid nice i'm uh i'm gonna give you a chance here to to throw some praise one guy's way and then to also maybe uh throw one of your boys under the bus a little bit but who's the (laughs) who's the guy who's just eaten the most amount of weights in the weight room and then uh also on top of that you don't have to name any names if you don't want but uh you know who's the guy who who might uh kind of fake an injury as, as soon as he walks into the gym so he doesn't have to do anything uh well definitely eating the most weight i'd i'd gotta say my boy uh clayton curl he's uh he's a sophomore with me he's uh he's our starting one of our starting defenders uh, is he, is he a he's a like a, he's from pittsburgh right yeah he's a pittsburgh kid uh, so he's, yeah, a, he's, he's, probably... a, he's a grinder for sure so he, <laughs> he's a kid can eat some weight he's a big squat guy big bench press guy i also got to give a shout out to my boy jack cook he's He's an all upper body guy though, so he's got to work on. He's got he skips leg day occasionally, but uh, no. Uh, and then definitely a guy that doesn't doesn't like to lift. I'm not. I don't want to uh, 
throw him under the bus like with his name but uh he had 17 saves yesterday so that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah well you know what if uh if, if you're stopping the ball that many times and uh you know if, if you're willingly standing in front of you know especially virginia shooters who are absolute cannon launchers uh you know maybe you can uh skip out on the weight room as, as long yeah, as yeah that's what i tell him but uh <laughs> we 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 can't let him hear that too often yeah <laughs> Uh, well, you know, so, you know, courtesy of, you know, some of the saves that he's been making this year, um, you know, like we, like we mentioned, you know, the boys, they're four and oh, to start the season. Um, you guys have had a, a little bit of a, uh, a road swing here, you know, those last three games all on the road, especially, you know, there's all big wins on the road. So I'm sure that the, uh, you know, the bus ride homes were, were a lot of fun. Um, but how excited are you? now to be able to to play some games at home like have have you guys generated like a bunch of buzz around campus like are people at high point like buying into buying into the stock here do you think that you'll have a decent little crowd when you guys host st john's yeah i think uh definitely the buzz i mean obviously with the uh, other other athletes on campus everyone kind of watches our games but uh no i definitely i think the buzz has started to grow grow bigger and bigger as uh as we've started to win and uh i definitely think we'll have a pretty solid crowd out here saturday against st john's and it, it'll be a good uh good good time to be home just we've been on the road for it feels like forever but i mean it's uh it's it'll be good to be home that's all I, that's all i'm gonna say it'll it'll be good to be in front of a home crowd even though our parents do an amazing job of traveling with us yeah i mean like big wins on the road are always fun just because you get you know the, the bus ride homes get get nice and rowdy um but yeah if, if you're doing three of them in a row i can see how that can be a bit, bit of a drag there what yeah uh, definitely it's just i mean i love love all my boys on the team but that we are we're on the road for five days this weekend and uh that bus didn't smell too great getting <laughs> off last night so it's definitely going to be good to not have to hop on a bus this week who uh who do you who do you sit next to on the bus? You guys have uh you know I'm, I'm sure you guys have have your regular your regular. Yeah, so I mean to... most of the time we mix it up. I I try to we try to mix it up, but uh some guys keep it the same. Uh, I sit next to either Kobe Russell, sophomore midi, or uh, this time I sat next to Patrick Bopple. He's one of our uh, D middies on the team. He's a junior and he's a he's a good guy. So uh, he's a clean guy. So that's really what I look for, and. Uh, and uh, we just have a good time watching movies together, talk about things, and uh, hang out. It's a it's a it's a good good way to meet people and really learn about someone. So, yeah. The, the do you stay away from the from the bathroom though on the bus? That's always oh yeah no. There's the there's there's, there's there's the universal rule of only number one on the bus if you really have to go. There's there's no there's no number two. <laughs> just pull and, over uh, on the side of the road. Yeah, <laughs> you got to hold it. So um, yeah, no, it's. Uh, I stay, I'm middle of the pack type of guy. So you don't get the, uh, don't have to sit near coaches, but you still kind of don't have to sit near the bathroom. There you go. What, uh, you know, so I mean, you guys have been spending a ton of time on the road lately. So, you know, what's, uh, you know, what's the go-to team dinner for high point? What, you know, if, if any other team out there is listening and they kind of want to figure out the, you know, what's been working for high point, getting these, these massive wins all in a row here. Uh, so I don't know if you want to give out those secrets, but you know, what, what are you guys mostly leaning towards you just, chicken I, mean, I, guys, it, or? I don't, I don't think it's, it's been any secret. We're, we're big grilled chicken with some sort of pasta and a salad and maybe a little bit of bread, but that's about it for team dinners for us, whether it's at a hotel or an Italian restaurant in the city that we're at. But, the, that's, that's the go-to 
before night before a meal for us for uh and i think it has been for the last eight or seven years that we've been a program i don't think it's going to change anytime soon wait so just just grilled chicken like not even chicken parm uh we occasionally sometimes when he's when he's when he's happy with us he'll give us some chicken parm like uh when we were in philly we went to maggiano's and we got some chicken parm but uh but that's a rare occasion for us so it's mostly grilled chicken Okay. Well, uh, you know, that kind of leads me into another. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a Philly guy myself. And so obviously you guys had a nice little, uh, trip up here to Philly over the weekend, uh, taking down the Drexel dragons, 15, 14. Um, so one, how was your experience in Philly? And two, would you enjoy coming back to the city of champions on Memorial day weekend? (laughs) Uh, obviously I would love to come back to Philly on Memorial day weekend. Uh, we stayed at the uh, Marriott on Market Street, so we went down to the uh, the market, and that was probably one of the cooler places that I've ever been in. I mean, just from the food standpoint and people watching standpoint. But uh, no, I'm I'm a big fan of Philly. Uh, great people for the most part, and uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, no, I'd love to, I'd love to be back there in May for sure. There we go. Yeah, well, uh, you know. I've- if high point manages to, to get themselves into the tournament here and, and string together a few wins. I just hope, uh, you know, I hope that the, the crease dive boys will have some, some tickets waiting for them. Uh, I think, I think I can help you guys out. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you, uh, you got places to, to go people to see, um, you know, so just a, a few more questions here before I let you go. Um, so one, you know, we were briefly talking about it, uh, you know, before we started recording, um, but just, you know, what, what's, you know, what's the buzz been like on your own phone? Um, you know, recently with stringing together these wins and, you know, you're ending up on pretty sure you, you might've even been on uh you were on sports center last night, SVP. Um, so, you know, what, what's, uh, you know, what's the phone situation been like and do you have unlimited data or are you just going to have like a massive bill coming up by the end of lacrosse season? Yeah, I think I'm thank, thankfully we're, we're done playing the Duke, the ACC team, so I don't have to deal with the, the 45 texts that I have on my phone after the game. But uh, uh, it's it's been crazy. I mean, last night being on SportsCenter, that's your dream growing up as a kid, just being able to see yourself on SportsCenter and seeing your highlights and seeing them talk about you and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's been surreal. Uh, it's been pretty pretty hectic. Uh, I, I had to go – private on uh instagram for a little bit because i just couldn't couldn't handle the instagram followers anymore so i had to go pri- had to go private for a little bit humble, then, humble uh, brag a little humble brag but uh no but it, it's all it's all been good any press is good press and uh, i think this is these these wins are good for high point it, it's putting us on the map and it's really showing people that uh we're here we're here to compete and uh, like i said in my interview last week that uh we're we're here and we're ready we're ready to take on anyone so i think that uh that win last night really showed everyone that we're here yeah i mean absolutely and then i think uh you know as soon as more people start you know thinking about high point and then they start talking to people who talk about the the rock climbing wall and how it's a country club i think uh i think recruits will start just just flowing right in um that actually leads me right to my next one. Uh, do, have you ever gone on the rock climbing wall? Are you are you a uh, I don't even know what they would call a rock climber, but have, have you ever <laughs> got yourself up there? 
No, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I like, I like staying on the ground if I'm being honest. So uh, I'll, I'll go play basketball or I'll go swim, but that, that's about it. Uh, what else here? I mean, I, I saw the boys were getting pretty, pretty wild in the locker room after that, uh, after the Duke win. So, you know, if you had to pick one person on your team to really make sure that the, uh, that the party in the locker room gets going, who is the locker room DJ? Honestly, it's probably me if I'm being honest, just because some kids, some kids' music tastes are good, but they they don't know when to play certain songs. So I'd probably say I'm I'm the music DJ after a win, and uh, you can you can f- do a good job at like feeling the room out. I, I can I can feel the room. Uh, I'm I'm pretty. I think I think I, I I mean another humble brag, but I I think I'm pretty good at sensing sensing the vibe of the team in the room. So like when we come in for practice in the morning, I'll put on a little slow jam so we're not all getting getting really rowdy before practice but uh no after a big win you'd, it's pretty much anyone who wants to play music will probably sing to it anyway so it's uh but i'd probably say i'm the best option all right well i mean there you go asher nolte complete package kid has a, a sick name sick at lacrosse <laughs> and uh and and can feel at the room and is a solid locker room dj so uh yeah i mean what more could you possibly ask for asher thanks for Actually, I just broke my one rule there of, of not saying your full name, but I feel like we're we're on first name basis here now. No, yeah, we're on, I, I, I think we're on first name basis. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, you know, hope High Point keeps this thing rolling. Uh, so, a big game coming up uh, this weekend against the Johnnies, and then uh, yeah, I mean, as you guys get into SoCon play, there, looking forward to seeing the Panthers make a nice little run here, and yeah, hopefully we uh, we get you back in Philly two times in one year. So, thanks for coming on. All right, and thanks again to Asher Nolting for hopping on the podcast with us. Uh, you know, like we said, expecting large things out of the High Point Panthers for the rest of the season. They have been on fire to start the season, and you know, I just, I, I really, I keep looking at their schedule, and I, I don't want to get a, too ahead of myself, but I, I just don't see where they would really completely fall off there so i think uh you know i think high point is in a great spot right now uh you know especially with with the way that they started off the season last year so they they couldn't have asked for a better start to the season here um and but speaking of starting the season we got a, a another fuego lineup of college across this weekend and it starts off tonight with cornell Getting their season underway, they will be traveling to Hobart, uh, which you know isn't really much of a travel there. Uh, but the Cornell Big Red, ever heard of them? And Jeff Teat will be getting their season started tonight against Hobart. So uh, you know this will be the first time that we get to see Jeff Teat this season. Uh, you know, Jake, what what are we thinking? I mean, obviously we're both big big Pat Spencer guys, but if there's you know if there's one player in the nation right now who I think might be able to keep up with Pat Spencer at a lacrosse IQ rate, I, I think Teat might be the guy. Uh, you know, I, I got much love for all my all my uh, all my Canadians out there. Never been, maybe once, but I respect Canada. Uh, Teat's a great Teat's just a great a great player. Um, great head of hair too. All right, he's he's had a great head of hair. He grew one out last year. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if he's if he's still rocking it this year. Um, but yeah, you get to, you know, I'm sure Teat's been sitting there looking at Pat Spencer, making his Suartan, um, you know, run for it, uh, and making, you know, making waves and, and Teat's going to come out, you know, I know it's, I know it's Hobart and I know it's Lehigh, but you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see five or six out of five or six G notes out of, out of him in either game. 
Yeah, and I, I think the one thing, um, you know, I, I don't know, maybe this is more of like a uh, quote-unquote like media thing as opposed to like Jeff Teed actually caring about this, um, but I do think that like there's definitely more spotlight on Jeff Teat coming into this season than there was for like the majority of last year. So, you know, anyone who follows the, uh, the box across circuit up in Canada, you know, with, uh, you know, with, with junior and everything like that. So, you know, Jeff Teat and his Brampton Excelsiors, they, they had a, you know, a little bit of controversy in the Minto cup there, you know, when it came to, uh, you know, some, some altercations with the officials. So, you know, Jeff Teat kind of really stole the, uh, I mean, he stole a bunch of headlines over the summer. So, you know, between, you know, the controversy at the Minto Cup, he was also playing with Team Canada, you know, at, at the at the World Lacrosse Championships. So, um, I mean, he was all over the place in the summer. And now he comes into his junior season at Cornell. It's been like flying by here. Um, but I think, you know, the lacrosse world right now probably knows, um, you know, just as much about Jeff Teat, you know, as as anyone that they've known about before. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of people are, are expecting big things out of him. And I know that for some players, like, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of pressure might be, might be getting to you. Like you might start trying to force a few things that you wouldn't necessarily try to force, but um, you know, before in your career. Uh, but again, I like Jeff T he's just, he's, he's one of those players that when the stage is the biggest, uh, I mean, he, he's, it doesn't bother him at all. The one thing that I will say will be very interesting to see, especially with, uh, you know, with Hobart and Lehigh coming up this weekend is just, I want to see how teams play Jeff Teat. I want to see if they are, uh, you know, if they just try to shut him off all season or, or what, because, um, you know, shutting them off seemed to kind of do the trick a little bit, uh, in that, in that, uh, in those tournament games last year with, with Syracuse and Maryland. So I, I think that that, you know, might, might be an answer that a lot of teams are, are trying to go for. Uh, I totally agree. Um, you know, Hopkins tried, Hopkins tried uh, to get Pat Spencer to try to, to uh, deny him the ball. So, you know, that, that, that becomes a coaching thing, you know? So if you want to get Tate the ball, you got to get him to, you know, he's got to get every inline ball. Um, if, if you're putting shots over the cage and then, you know, the, the shot clock becomes a, uh, you know, it becomes a, a small factor, a factor. All right. I will give it credit for being a factor, but you know, as long as you're putting shots on cage and, 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 um, and even off cage, T can get the ball, you know, he's also got to work for it too. You know, it, it, I don't, I don't think it'll come easy. I don't think these teams are going to let him, you know, let him come easy. So, uh, I, I'll be looking forward to it. I, I know I'll be watching the game tonight for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I, the, again, though, like he's just, like I said, with the lacrosse IQ on, on the same par as, you know, Pat Spencer, I put Michael Sowers up there too. I've had to, you know, been a, been able to coach against him and play against him and stuff like that. So like seeing that like firsthand is, it's just like those guys, you know, when they're out there on the field, like even if you try to shut them off, they almost just become like another, they're just like an offensive coach out there. So they just like direct all the traffic and shit. So it's almost like, you're almost like fucked if you shut him off because then he's just directing everything and he sees the game way better than anyone else is seeing it. Um, so, you know, if you shut him off, he's just going to find like great looks for Clark Peterson. So like, you don't, he doesn't need to get it like to, to make an impact. He doesn't need the ball. He can just tell people, you know, kind of where to go, but that's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a four goal line in Cornell's favorite there against Hobart. So, um, you know, I, I, th I think Cornell comes out pretty big here and I, th I think that they, uh, they, they probably win big tonight. 
Lehigh is going to be a, a little bit of a different situation there for them. It's another four goal line, but I think that Lehigh's built a little bit better to kind of defend against those guys. Um, but yeah, that'll, that'll be, you know, definitely a, uh, you know, a great game. Great to see Cornell get going here. Cause I think that's one thing that college across has been missing so far this season is Jeff Teat just torching defenders and making them wish that they never play the cross. Uh, so from one Ivy league team to another, we've got, Princeton hosting Virginia on Saturday. Uh, so Virginia, obviously coming off of a loss against High Point, so they're going to look to you know kind of uh, you know bounce, bounce back, more, bounce right. back. It, yeah. And it sounds it sounds weird to say that you know. Well, so, I, so, I was going to yeah. say I was going to say like Avenge, but like Avenge sounds like corny. It sounds like some like sure. Marvel Comics shit. Um, so I, I don't. Uh, ooh, I. I don't know if Avengers is Marvel or DC. I feel like some nerds are going to be pissed off at me. Yeah, if I, mess I, I have no idea either. So you're, yeah. you're safe. You know what? Shut the fuck up nerds. Um, but yeah, so Virginia going to Princeton and I mean, this is a game where, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, Virginia shooters are going to have to really, really, really come alive here and they're going to have to start burying goals a lot quicker because you know what, what we've seen, um, you know, with them is, you know, they've just been, they haven't been able to like get themselves going and pull away with a game early. So, you know, when, when you're playing against Loyola, Loyola just got out and they got out heavy. Um, when they were playing against, uh, high point, high point was able to just like stick around, stick around, stick around, and then boom, you win. Um, so yeah. Virginia, the one thing that, you know, I think that they do, uh, you know that, that that they have going for them is they just have shooters all over the field and they have different you know releases so you know you, you've got your middies up top guys like matt moore and ryan conrad who just bring you know overhand high heat but then you've got you know kids who who have a little bit of sauce in their game like michael kraus and ian laviano down so like you know those guys they're not only going to have to score against princeton but they're going to have to score at a pretty quick pace to start off this game if they want to put Michael Sowers and Princeton out of it, out of this one before it's too late. Uh, Laviano is a, it's a baller. Uh, he is a quiet baller. I, I, he was a very highly touted recruit and he, he, he is a baller when he wants to be a baller. You know, this, um, this Virginia team, um, you know, the, the, exactly what you're saying, you know, the shots need to drop. They, they need to, Plain and simple. The shots need to drop, right? Uh, Syrac- they remind me a lot of the, the first two games that Syracuse played. Syracuse started slow. you know, and, and Syracuse has serious ballers. I mean, they got serious ballers, and they just they started slow. They were missing passes. They were making mistakes. You know, just not the typical Syracuse thing. And I think they feel like Virginia was kind of in that same boat. You know, they unforced errors, even some forced errors, not making, not making the, the, you know, the next pass and things like that. And that's going to be the difference. I mean, the, the small intangibles are going to be a difference. I feel like a fucking coach right now. You know, to, <laughs> I feel like a fucking coach talking to, talking to kids about, you know, intangibles and, and unforced errors and shit like that. But that, I, to me, that's that's what makes the difference in the Virginia game. Yeah. And and again, though, like like we said uh, at the start of that one, like the, the bounce back effect is very much real. I mean, Princeton's coming off. Uh, they beat Monmouth like – uh, let me check out uh, 23 to seven. So, I mean, they just Molly Mammoth. That was a nice little Oof. battle Jersey and it, it wasn't much of a battle. That was a boat race. Uh, but you know, with Virginia coming off of that loss against high point this week, like 
I mean, yo, like they they played three games so far this season, um, you know, and they've lost two of them, Loyola and High Point. I mean, neither of those are necessarily terrible losses, considering both of those teams are loaded. But it's not a good sign for Virginia to go into week four or five here, uh, being one and three. So, th- I mm-hmm. mean, I think that the desperation factor is definitely going to play a role for Virginia in this one. So. Uh, you know, looking over at Lax Vegas lines, that is going to be a uh, all right. So Virginia favored by a goal. Um, you know, obviously, if they're going to win, it's got to be by a goal. So yeah, right. I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I do think that Virginia finally, um, you know, again, they're they're just too lethal when they just unload the ball. Um, and they've just run into some hot goalies. So I, I think that that's you know, I think that those balls are going to start dropping for the Cavs. Um, what what do you think? Do you think uh, you, you think the Cavs come out of here on top, or are you going with Mikey Sowers and the Tigers? It, it could it be a huge week for the Ivy League? I think it could be a huge week for the Ivy League. You know, they get their late start. You know, they get a little bit of some some. It's not really fresh legs, you know. But you know, I think they also have a um, a restriction on practicing too, right? They they start practice late. So, um, I mean. I don't know. I think it's going to be a great game. I think that I think that Princeton could pull away with it. Um, I mean, Michael Sowers is probably the reason that they're ranked twenty, um, and I, and I think that that's you know I'm not going to take anything away from that. I think Virginia at twelve might be a little high, um, but you know it's early in the season still, and you know I, I I hate to be that guy, but you know it's anybody's game. You know it's it's I think I, I can tell you this. I think that it'll be just you know you'll be able to tell in the first quarter what's going to happen. Like if Virginia's out there, you know, and they put up five quick goals, even if Princeton puts up three, I still think, you know, for once Virginia gets rolling, it's, it's just going to, it'll be what we think it'll be. You know? Yeah. So real quick. So this is, you know, your, your first episode here. Um, though, let, let me, let me give you a little bit of advice here. Uh, get used <laughs> to, to, to being wrong because oh, of course, because the college lacrosse season is it's fucked. It's always fucked. You you think you know college lacrosse. You think you understand who these oh, teams sure. are and who they have. All of a sudden, one weekend rolls around and you just look like an absolute moron. Like here we are. We're talking. This is Wednesday night. Um, everything that we say right now could be completely wrong on on Saturday. Um, so yeah, I you know I'm I'm saying Virginia now, and you know just watch Sowers come out with like five and five and and put away virginia um now a, a game that might not get as much hype as it uh you know as it would have in a previous year especially you know last year uh you know so albany they're going to drexel to play against the dragons there albany obviously suffering a, a pretty uh you know pr- pretty pretty tough loss to Syracuse last weekend. I think that score was 13 to five, um, you know, kind of something that I was expecting out of Albany is that they would have a little bit of a drop off losing Connor Fields and TD Erlen. We'll talk about TD Erlen a little bit here in a minute. Um, so they'll be going to Drexel to play against the dragons and the dragon. So they lose to, uh, you know, Drexel, they lose to high point last Saturday, one goal game. You know, you're thinking to yourself, if you saw that score before the season started, you'd be like, ah, well, like Drexel lost yeah, at right. point. Like, but like now that you see Drexel just buzzing down ACC teams, you're like, well, a one goal loss to high points, pretty respectable. Uh, then earlier this week, Drexel takes down Michigan in a one goal game. So 
I mean, Drexel's got a pretty pretty solid team there. I mean, they've got some kids who can just run and gun. So this is going to be a, uh, you know, maybe not as uh, – it, it's going to be another test for, for Albany. And I think a, a lot of these games this season are going to be a little bit of a test for them to try to, you know, figure out, you know, what kind of team that they are now that they've lost, you know, two of their most important players coming into the season. I totally agree. Um, I actually was cruising through Instagram in my explore feed, and uh, I don't know who, who got the clip. I'll have to go find it, but it was this, uh, this kid at Drexel, um, Colin, and it, his last name is Mailman. Like, that's literally his last name. And uh, he did this, the coldest split dodge I've seen in a long time. It actually reminded me of Romar Dennis, uh, who played at Loyola, just the quickest feet, and he just buried it. And, I mean... And it was a uh, it was a sneaky win, but a win is a win, and we always we always know that. And I think I, I I'm looking forward to that game as well. I think that Albany, yeah, they lost a lot with Connor Fields and, and T.D. Erlin, um, who we will discuss, right? And um, but again, when Albany wants to play, they can play. They're scary in transition, super scary in transition. And you know when Tahoka's hot, there's it's just not you're not stopping him. Yeah, uh, real quick, I, I, I think maybe you saw the uh, clips from uh, Joe Keegan there, at Joe Keegs. So make sure you, uh, if, if you're not following Joe Keegs on Twitter and Instagram at this point already, uh, you're doing life wrong because he is a, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's a must follow for sure. So shout out to Joe on that one because he does like just ridiculous breakdowns, um, you know, offense, defense. He's able to, you know, he sees the game in a great way. So go follow at Joe Keegs little plug there for the boy um but yeah albany i i think that you know i I think that 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 loss against syracuse probably will end up being a little bit humbling for them i mean they're a team that uh you know they went to the final four last year uh they've got dahoga who is you know without a doubt one of the most electrifying players in college lacrosse so you know they were probably thinking to themselves before the season started it's like yeah you know we lost Connor fields but we still have dahoga um you know, we were still a Final Four team last year, so, you know, we can just keep playing the same way. I think that loss to Syracuse might change up a few things. And, uh, you know, S- Scott Moore, one of, you know, without a doubt, one of my favorite coaches in college lacrosse. I think that he, uh, you know, I think that he's, you know, great lacrosse brain, also a great lacrosse motivator. Um, so I think that he'll have Albany ready to roll in that game. Uh, but, yeah, so I will be there at uh, Vitus Stadium to uh, check out the Dane train against the Dragons. So if you are in the Philly area this weekend, I will be there at Drexel. Uh, we can get in one real quick and watch some uh, some, some top-notch lacks. Uh, now, from there, so we've, we've mentioned TD Erlin a little bit here, and we've got uh, – going to – Probably should have called Greg Renlin into the show a little bit here because <laughs> we've got a, uh, a face-off matchup for the ages here with Penn State going up to Yale. Uh, so this buzzsaw of a Penn State team, and, and we've got a face-off matchup between, you know what? This is pretty bad that I don't even know how to say his last name, but whatever. He's a Ar- go-go. Arseri? Arseri. And, I mean, he's got to be – he's got to be – an Italian brother. So shout out to that. But, uh, maybe, maybe not. I have no idea, but yeah, yeah our Sarah in, in Ireland, which I mean, why, why do they, why do they have to be so fucking complicated with their names? Just be like Tom, Tom Smith. Like that would be so much easier if they just named like that. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's, uh, 
it's 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 going to be a tough day for for at least the pronunciation, but a great day if you are a face-off specialist because um, you know we we saw Erlen versus Baptiste in the uh, in in the NCAA tournament last year. I think that this is going to be a matchup that. Uh, can go toe to toe with that one, so you know that Erlen versus Baptiste. I believe that that ended up being like a, I mean that was like a fifty fifty game. I think that they split it. I think that Erl, uh, you know Erlen ended up winning some of the more important ones. Uh, but this Orsari versus Erlen matchup at the Faceoff X uh, is probably, you know, it's it's again a little bit cliche, but you know whoever wins the Faceoff matchup in this game, very good chance that they come out on top because. You know, uh, you know, with how fast the game is, you know, just making sure that you get those extra possessions to give, you know, your absolute weapons on offense the chance to just pump the back of the net at will. So, you know, if if Penn State or Yale, whoever's winning these these face offs, you know, you can you can get yourselves rolling here um, and just bang, 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 bang. So I, th- I think, uh, you know, I think that that's what this game is really going to come down to. I mean, uh, it, it it is. I, I totally agree on on all points. I think. I mean, Erlen is he's facing off at I think seventy nine percent right now, which is just stupid, uh, absolutely stupid. Uh, our our series, our, our series, not far behind. I think he's seventy two, seventy five percent. So you know, he's the he's the reason that Penn State has the ball so much that they could score. You know, and yeah. now he's got to go up against Ireland, who's um, you know, and it's funny. Um, I believe I, TD is a, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. He was a, he was a wrestler as well. There was always yeah. something, always something about those guys who have that low center of gravity. You know, I, I knew got a lot of guys who did wrestling and lacrosse. It's the South. Everybody's wrestling, whatever. Fuck, fuck it. Um, and they, uh, the guys who did wrestling and lacrosse were just so tough. Like you couldn't knock them over. You couldn't get, uh, you couldn't get around them. And I think that gives him a huge advantage. Now I'm not going to say that Gerard. Arceri is not a multi-sport athlete. I'm sure he, I'm sure he is. There's, you know, face-off guys are weird. He's probably, you know, a, a great soccer player or something. I don't fucking know. But I'm excited to see them go go toe to toe. Plain and simple. Yeah, and I mean, and again, like with with how much Penn State just fills the back of the net with balls, and you know, it's you know Yale, um, you know. I, you know, they started off the season with an 11-10 overtime loss to Villanova, but like, you know, 10 goals for them is like, I mean, that might be like the worst offensive game that we see out of Yale. Cause I mean, even though they lose Ben Reeves, they still have weapons. Jackson Morrill, Jack T, Matt Gaudet, who, you know, I think he had maybe like, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but he, I think he had like 475 points in the NCAA tournament alone last year. It could have been 500. I think uh, it's about right. Yeah, it's it's somewhere it's somewhere in there. Uh, Joey Sessa, who is just and you know he's a he's a serial killer for ankles. Um, so I mean, two teams who you know who have uh, you know weapons offensively, two faceoff guys who typically get their their weapons the ball the most. Um, now now the one thing that I think that Yale might have the advantage over Penn State in for sure is that Yale has Chris Fake defensively. And Penn State does not have Chris Fake on their roster, at least not last time I checked. You know, he could have transferred between now and now and then. Uh, but, you know, if you have Chris Fake, you know, a kid like Granament, who is just, uh, you know, he's been picking apart defenses. Uh, he's been making a mockery out of, out of you know. Points you know, leader he, right now. Yeah, I mean, these D coordinators right now, it's like, you know, you might as well just, like, not even show up to work that week because you're going to get pumped. Uh, so, you know, 
But if you have a kid like Chris Fake out there uh, who has proven himself as a freshman last year and can come in here and kind of shut down a, a playmaker like Grant Ament, then, then Yale has a nice little chance here. So, um, you know, you mentioned this at the very beginning of this episode. Uh, this will easily be the biggest test for, for Penn State so far this season. Um, I mean, no disrespect to Nova, Robert Morris, and Stony Brook, but, like, neither of those teams won the national championship last year. So this will be a huge test for them uh, looking at the line right now. And, uh, I mean, Penn State favored by a goal. So uh, Vegas, Vegas is thinking Penn State comes out of here on top. I think that's I, th- I I think that's fair. I mean, you got you know you look at recent game history. You think that Penn State's hot. You know, you look at recent game history. You see that you see that Yale lost lost in overtime. You know, I I think that's I think Las Vegas is being fair with that. Um, yeah. Now, will it end up like that? Fuck no, a- absolutely not. There will there'll be a, I don't I don't know if it'll be a one goal game. It could be like you said before. We're going to be fucking wrong. It could be an eight goal. It could be a blowout. You know, we could turn the game off at halftime. No, nobody knows what's going to happen, and I think that's what makes all of this so fucking awesome. The one thing I will say, I think it would be great for the sport of lacrosse if Penn State does come out of this one on top. I think you know, True. like shout out to Yale for winning the the Natty last year. Like that's great for you guys and everything. Like the majority of that team, they you know, you have a nice little ring on your finger for the rest of your life. No one can take that away from you. Um, but I think that like this is. You know, we, we've been saying it for a few weeks here. Like, this is a pretty, like, pivotal year for Penn State. Like, you know, again, a team who, since Tambroni has taken over, hasn't been able to win a tournament game. I would love nothing more than to see Penn State just dominate this entire season. You know, having a, a big school like that be just a buzzsaw in lacrosse, I think would be great for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think if, if Penn State's able to keep this one rolling and they just, you know, so I'm I'm pulling for Penn State, um, you know, even though uh, you know even even though the Bulldogs were were a fun watch last season, I think that Penn State a win here means more for the sport of lacrosse for Penn State than it would for Yale. I I am a huge fan of, you know, I I kind of think about it like a like a transfer of power almost, you know, like we're we're, we're there's a transfer of power to to high point, you know, like uh, uh, which. You know, North Carolina has been a huge, you know, hotbed of lacrosse for for ages. You know, to your your Tar Heels, Go Heels, I'm a Heels fan. Um, Go Heels, you know, fuck Duke, all that good stuff. But um, you know, I, I'm I'm all about the transfer of power. Like when when Denver stepped up, you know, everybody was like, I remember when Denver opened the program, they were like, <laughs> like fuck, what are you gonna find out? That what are you gonna find out on the West Coast? And of course, Tierney you know, imported all of his players from Canada, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, and, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, a D1 school in California soon, maybe in the, in the, in the, in the extreme north, uh, Northwest. You know, I'm always pulling for one to come, you know, down here in the South other than Mercer. Mercer's great. You know, I, I, a lot of my friends went, went and played for Mercer, but, you know, I'm all about the transfer of power. I'd let, you know, that, that's state, you know, Penn State's a state school and that's, that's, fucking sweet kind of ruin kind of a uh, you know i hate that we we have them but there are a lot of lacrosse stereotypes out there you know the rich ivy league kids you know playing lacrosse and spending summer in the hamptons which is you know we're not saying that that doesn't happen because it does but you know for some kids to walk you know go to a state school and 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 be respected amongst amongst you know perennial powerhouses is, is awesome and i'm a huge fan yeah 
Now, with that being said, if anyone has an empty house in the Hamptons right now that they're looking to kind of give us a weekend, hit us up. Hit us up because we have no problem carrying out those stereotypes. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I think that uh, you know, I think that again, a, a win for Penn State. It wouldn't necessarily be like the you know the trans. I just I I do think that them having a great season. Um, would be a, a massive thing for the right. Season. It's a big picture thing, not this. I, you know, I, I didn't want to say like you know this game is their turning point because you right. know it's it, right. it's big picture. You know, the season has to turn out like that for it to be you know like okay, Penn State's here. Okay, now they're here to stay. Yeah, exactly. Now if we are talking about a uh, a a transfer of power in just one game. You know, it, it doesn't have to be a, a full. Um, grand picture thing like this is just a, a one game and one game only so we are looking now for a uh, your upset of the week now not not saying that Penn State over uh, Yale would be necessarily an upset especially because Lax Vegas Lions has them as the one goal favorite but it would be you know in the grand scheme of things a, a big upset over the reigning national champs um, but what team out there this weekend do you think has what it takes to you know, either pull off the upset or at least, you know, at least cover their spread, uh, you know, put out there by Las Vegas lines. You know, I, I took a, I took a look, a look through and I, and I've got two. Um, I'm probably gonna be way fucking wrong on both of them as we know. So, uh, you know, caveat there, uh, please, please do not at me on Twitter. If you guys lose any money betting on these games, um, which you'd be an idiot to do in the first place, but that's neither here nor there as well. Uh, I can't control what you guys do with your money. Uh, my first one would I, – I like Richmond over Notre Dame. Uh, I'm a big Spider fan. I, I think Richmond's got a great program. I think they've been working hard. You know, a few years ago, um, Richmond's man down de- – and I don't know why I remember this. I'm, a, I'm an idiot savant or something. Richmond's man down defense conversion was 90%. That's just – that's unheard of. So I think Richmond works hard, and I think that they could step in there and punch Notre Dame in the mouth. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, my other one would be Navy and Maryland. I I don't really know why. I feel drawn towards Navy. I think Navy's got some good players. Um, I think their defense is strong. Um, but you know, you're 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 really contending you're really contending with, with Maryland's high powered offense that they're known for. So, you know, uh Wisnapkis and 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 that uh that scary group of midfielders and attackmen. So I don't know. Those are those are mine. I got Navy, Navy and Richmond. So don't blame me if you guys lose any money. But that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I always feel uh, you know I I can never bring myself to bet against the service academies. So you know, obviously rooting <laughs> for the troops there with Navy. Obviously. And I mean, I mean, they started off the season with a nice little 13-8 win over Vermont, and that's uh, you know that's no joke of a team. So Navy is obviously a, a, a team who can. Uh, you know, hold some some high power offenses down to single digit goals. I mean, Vermont's a team that, you know, they put up, uh, you know, they put up a shit ton. Of, uh, granted, it's you know Utah playing in their first game as a as a D one program, but you know Vermont, they got you know a ton of Canucks on that team, so they know how to put the ball in the back of the net. And Navy was able to hold them to eight. Um, you know, in Richmond, I mean, I, that that's a good one as well. It's a home game for Richmond, I believe. Uh, you know, and, and they. You know Notre Dame without Ryder Garnsey this season, and you know any time that you, uh, you know, you get to play against a Notre Dame team without that absolute filth ball of a player of Ryder Garnsey, uh, definitely gives you a little bit of hope there. Uh, for me personally, speak, I, you know, I, I kind of brought him up there a little bit just a second ago, but I'm going 
Now, I don't know if they'll be able to pull off the upset. I, th I still think that this is a little bit much to ask for them. But Las Vegas Lions putting out a line here of eight goals. Denver being favorited over the Utah Utes. I have a feeling that Utah is going to be able to make this one interesting for Denver. Um, now, this is a game, I believe, that Denver is home. But, listen, I mean, Utah, you're up in Salt Lake City. You're up in the mountains. So, like, it, it, you know, a lot of teams, you go to Denver, you have to ch deal with that altitude change. You, you know, you're, you're living on mountain time there. Um, Utah, they're used to it. So, like, there's not really much of, like, a home field advantage for Denver here. Um, you know, and, and this is just a, uh, you know, they're, they're a powerhouse of a, uh, of a program, Denver. I mean, they're national champions in 2015. Uh, they're always contenders. They're always a team that's going to, you know, people are going to put them in their, uh, you know, in their final four predictions there. Um, and, you know, for a team like Utah, if they're able to go to Denver and, you know, put up a good fight against a great program, that's only going to do wonders for them, you know, moving forward, especially with recruiting. So, um, you know, they, they had a uh, nice little game against Hofstra this, this past weekend, a 14 to 10 loss. Hofstra is a team who, you know, they're, again, they're not always yeah. like, they're not perennial contenders, but they're, you know, pretty they're around. Uh, they're, they're around. around. They're around, and they're like a program that has like history. Um, but this will sure. definitely this will definitely be the biggest game for them so far. I mean, they have Vermont, Mercer, Hofstra, and now you play against a team like Denver. Like that's that's where it's like, all right, boys. Like let's you know let's let's pull out the measuring stick here real quick and and just see where we're at as a program. And if you know again, eight goal spread like that's a fat line. I, I think it's also a little bit disrespectful. I'm sure that the boys can use that as a motivation in the locker room and, uh, and, and come out of there on fire against Denver and maybe lose by like, you know, three or four. Yeah. I, I think that that's perfectly reasonable. Um, you know, the next closest line is like what army and Marist. Um, I mean, that feels disrespectful to me as well. Marist, uh, I believe were conference champions one or two years ago. So, you know, Las Vegas is going to do what Las Vegas does, right? Las yeah, Vegas, no. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, but yeah, uh, Maris to go against Army again. The troops, tough, tough to bet. It's it's, it's true. Yeah, but, it, it, it's not patriotic to to root against the troops. But yeah, like we, I mean, these these could all these could all end up being wrong. But you know what? In in my heart right now, in my brain everything everything feels right i i do think i think that richmond and navy are both great picks um i, th I think that utah is going to put up a good fight so i mean hey we we could be uh we, we could be either spot on about this or we could be completely off um but either way make sure you guys just keep listening to us anyway because if you don't listen to us we will uh be out of jobs and die and it'll be all your fault but we're all going to die anyway. So that's, that's, true. Pretty, that's pretty much the motto of this weekend in college lacrosse is all, we're all going to die one day. And uh, so why not make the best out of this weekend in college lacrosse? Let's have ourselves a weekend boys and girls uh, before we have ourselves a weekend though, make sure that you are following us on our social media channels. That is at the crease dive on Twitter and Instagram. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies, smash that follow button. Uh, also, do us a favor every once in a while. Subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe to us on on, uh, on, 
on iTunes there. I feel like, uh, you know, I feel like there's a way to like kind of like fuck with the analytics in, in order to get us kind of a little bit higher up in the, uh, you know, in those podcast charts. So, you know, we're trying to make some waves here, but we need we need some help to do it. So subscribe, resubscribe. Um, also, big, big shout out to Jake for coming on the podcast this weekend, filling in great for, sure. there for Robbie O. So make sure you follow him on Twitter at call me shit. Oh, do you want to, uh, yeah, that one, call, uh, call, call me. me. And then S H I T T O. It's right. uh, a longstanding joke with some old friends and I just had to roll with it. So here we are. All right. Well, with that in mind, we're going to keep it low to high to the day we die. We out. I'm nice right now, man. I, I feel good. If you have a drink, would you please put it in the air? That party last night was awfully crazy. I wish we taped it. I danced my ass off and had this one girl completely naked. Drink my beer and smoke my weed. But my good friends is all I need. Pass out of three. Wake up at ten. Go out to eat. Then do it again. Man, I wanna I go to college, college for the rest of my life. Sip Bankers Club and drink Miller Lite. On Thirsty Thursday and Tuesday night ice. And now I can get pizza a dollar a slice. So fill up my cup. Let's get fucked up. I'm next on the table. Who want what? I am champion at Beer Pong. Alan Iverson, Akeem Olajuwon. Don't even bounce. Not in my house. Better hope you make it. Otherwise you naked. Time isn't wasted when you're getting wasted. Woke up today and all I can say is um that party last night was awfully crazy i wish we taped it i wish we taped it i danced my ass off and had this one girl completely naked drink my beer and smoke my weed but my good friends is all i need pass out at three wake up at ten go out to eat then do it again man i love college tell you what I learned from school, but I can tell you a story or two, um, yeah, of course I learned some rules, like don't pass out with your shoes on, and don't leave the house till the booze gone, and don't have sex if she's too gone, when it comes to condoms, put two on, then tomorrow night, find a new joint, hold the beer bong, nothing wrong with some fun, even if we did get a little bit too drunk. Time isn't wasted when you're getting wasted. Woke up today and all I could say is that party last night was awfully crazy. I wish we taped it. I wish we taped it. I danced my ass off and had this one girl completely naked. Drink my beer and smoke my weed. But my good friends is all I need. Pass out at three. Wake up at ten. Go out to eat. Then do it again. Man, I love college. If everybody would please put their drink as high as they can, as high as they can, and repeat after me. Chug, 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 chug. Freshman, 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 freshman.
something crazy, do something crazy, do something crazy. Keg stand, keg stand, keg stand, keg stand. I love it. That party last night. All right, everybody. I got to head back to class for a little bit. That party last night was awfully crazy. I wish we'd take You know what's going down. I danced my ass off and had this one girl completely naked. Drink my beer and smoke You're all invited. But my good friends. Bring your friends. I need. Pass out at three. Wake up at ten. Go out to eat. Then do it again. Man, I love college. Do I really have to graduate or can I just stay here for the rest of my life?